This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right, well, tonight, uh, the title of the message is this, because we we're just going to break down one amazing verse. And the title is actually Hebrews 10.23. Hebrews 10.23, and you're like... Now, if you know what that says, you're already excited. But if you don't know what it says, we're going to have to look at this here in a second. Now, you know, there's some verses in the Bible that have a, seems like about a hundred different amazing truths packed into one little verse. And and this is one of those verses where there's, it says so many things. And so I want to I want to open us up here tonight. And first of all, take a look at Hebrews 10, 23, and then we're going to break this verse down. So flip over there with. Hebrews 10, verse 23. And man, this, this verse, it has done so much in my life. Hebrews 10, 23. And uh, we're, in, we're in Paul's translation tonight. The King James. Of course, it was translated in 1611 and Paul died in like 60 AD. But anyway, uh, Hebrews 10, 23. And it says this. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Who thinks that God is faithful tonight? He is faithful that promised. Now, you may see that and be like, yeah, that's that's cute. There's a few things. But listen to me. There's a lot of stuff in this verse that I want to break down for you tonight. And if you will learn how to apply this verse, if you will learn how to work this verse and use it to your advantage, there's a formula for victory packed in right here. All the ingredients you need for a massive victory are packed tight into this one little verse. And so I want to break this down, but let's go ahead and pray, and then we're going to change your lives for a few minutes from the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank You so much. God, that we have an amazing family surrounding us tonight, Lord. We've got our brothers. We've got our sisters right here. And God, you know what each one of us is facing in this life. And God, we know that you've got the answers. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that you will speak to us tonight, Lord. Show us what we need to see. And Lord, we promise to obey your word and be doers. And we know that you're going to do great things in our lives in the name of Jesus. Everybody said... Amen. And so the first thing this verse is telling us to do is number one is this. Number one, it tells us to hold fast the profession or the confession of our faith. Hold fast. Now, profession here, that does mean confession. And there's a lot of different types of confession in the Bible. I don't know if you've seen this. There's confessing sins. We've all done that. When you came to Jesus, you confessed that you were a sinner. And you confess that you needed forgiveness. So there's the confession of sins. Uh, there's also uh, uh, there, there's, there's so many different types of confession. I'm not going to go into that. But what I want to break down here is this. It says, hold fast the confession of faith. The confession of faith. Now, what does it mean to hold fast? Is that something that you say all the time? Well, brother, I need to hold fast. No, you probably don't use that phrase too often because that's not something we say too much these days. But hold fast means to keep it up. Keep doing it. Hold fast. Stay the course. It means keep doing it. And so what it is telling us to do right here is keep on making a confession of faith 
over your situation. Well, sometimes that's easier to do than others. Sometimes what if you've been confessing, but it seems like the mountain is still there. It seems like, well, nothing's changing. I mean, I keep saying this stuff, but what do you do? You hold fast. You stay the course. You keep doing it. Even when it looks like nothing's happening, you hold fast the confession of faith. And so I want you to look over here at, uh, man, where Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Mark 11, verse 22. And if you've been around here very long at all, you know Mark 11, 22, 23 and 24. Mark 11, 22 through 24 is absolutely some key, pivotal verses that you have got to have in your arsenal, man. You know, Ephesians 6 tells us that the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. The Bible is your weapon. Do you realize that? That, that's your weapon. And you know, a lot of times you're like, well, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in the combat. I'm in the war zone right now. Okay. So how are you fighting that? I'm just, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just in the war zone. How are you fighting that? Cause it's bad to be in a war zone if you're not using a weapon. You're just trying to dodge, you're trying to dodge the hits all the time. But Ephesians 6 tells us that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And so you need to have some verses like Mark 11, 22 through 24. You need to have those readily available to your access. Okay? You need to have some, you need to have some go-to verses, man. And what I've noticed is a lot of Christians, man, something may hit, the, the, the enemy may attack, and they're trying to go find their weapon. I put it somewhere around here. I don't know. Is it in the closet? Where is it? You're not prepared for war. Or maybe, you know, you, you know where it's at, but you don't know how to use the thing. It doesn't do a, you know, a soldier any good if he doesn't know how to use the rifle, even if he has it. You need to get proficient with using the sword of the Spirit. And one way you do it is you confess these verses right out of your mouth. Mark 11, verses 22 through 24. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Now, is that some earth-shaking, you know, deep revelation? That doesn't sound that deep, does it? I mean, it seems like, well, I mean, yeah, have faith in God. Everybody knows that. But Jesus was talking to his disciples here. So apparently, sometimes, even disciples need reminded of the most basic things. Because sometimes, I see a lot of us, we may have something hit. We may have the enemy attack. We may be going through the war zone right now. And we're just going ballistic. But Jesus says, whoa, 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 hold on. Have faith in God. Come on. Believe God. And a lot of times, we lose sight of even the most basic principles as that. Come on. What are you facing? You could say it to yourself. Okay. Have faith in God. You think God can't handle that? You think Jesus is afraid of that situation? Have faith in God. Trust God, why don't you? And so Jesus tells them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Shall have whatsoever he he shall have whatsoever. Anything that he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, 
believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, looking at this verse, that's obviously we can see that and be like, man, that's inspirational. The mountains move. But, but listen to me. The mountains don't just move because you're awesome and Jesus loves you. The mountains move because you do something about it. And in this verse, you know, Jesus said, have faith in God. That seems to be the part that most of us get. We're like, amen, I'm down with that. I get that. And most of us realize verse 24. Yeah, you got to pray, brother. We all get that stuff. But look right here what Jesus said three times in this one verse. Jesus mentioned saying he mentioned praying once because we all know to do that, right? That's that's key. That's pivotal. But three times right here in this same verse, Jesus said, whatsoever you say to this mountain, be thou removed, say, 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 because a lot of us, oh, we're pleading God. We're down on our knees begging. But are you actually speaking to the mountain? Now, if you study scripture, Jesus was a man of prayer. He prayed all the time. Jesus, uh, Luke tells us, he often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. But another method that Jesus used, he would straight up speak to the mountain in faith. And you're like, well, that's Jesus. Well, he told you to do it. So it wasn't just for Jesus to speak to the mountains. But in your life, are you holding fast the confession of faith? Are you speaking to the mountains in your life saying, be thou removed? Or are you like... Man, would you please be removed? Please. You don't beg mountains. You command mountains. You don't beg the devil to leave you alone. You command him in the name of Jesus to leave you alone. I don't ask the devil to do anything. I tell him what to do in my amazing name. No, never. In the name of Jesus, I submit to God. I resist the devil and he has to flee. James 4. So listen to me. You have to hold fast the confession of your faith. I remember one time I was in a bad financial situation. I didn't know what to do, but I did need a certain amount of money within a certain amount of time. And so I've been sitting there. Oh, God, please, Jesus. Oh, please rain it down, Lord. Oh, please. You know, just really sissy begging that doesn't really get anything done. And finally, I realized, wait a minute. My dad's a king. Do you realize that? You don't, or else you wouldn't be sitting there staring at me like that. But just take my word for it. Someday you'll realize that your father is a king. And not a king, the king of all kings. The name above all names. And if you realize who your dad was, come on. Man, if your dad was president of the United States and somebody wanted to come and, you know, so you can't do that. Want to bet? Want to bet I can't do that? Try me. Go ahead. You can't have that. Really? Bet me. I can have that because my dad's in charge of all of y'all. And listen to me. Your dad, your heavenly father is the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the name above all names. And if he says that you shall have whatsoever you sayeth, you shall have whatsoever you sayeth. If he says what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Then guess what? It's going to happen because God is faithful. He can be trusted to keep his word. God's not a man that he should lie. You've had people lie to you. I've had people lie to me, but God's never lied to me. God's never broken his promise to me. And so you've got to cling on to that man and you have got to hold fast 
to the confession of your faith without wavering, for he's faithful to promise. And so why do I think that this speaking to the mountains moves? Jesus said it does. First of all, that's good enough for me. If for, if for no other reason, Jesus said to do it, so I'm going to do it. Whether you think, you know, I'm, I'm crazy or not, I'm going to speak to the mountains because Jesus told me to. And the second reason I believe it works is because, well, it's worked in my life time and time again. It's always worked in my life when I've spoken to the mountains in faith. And so listen to me. Hold fast the confession of your faith. The second thing this verse tells us, Hebrews 10, 23, is without wavering. It says, hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering. Because I know a whole lot of people, yeah, they'll, they'll confess their faith for a good 24, 48 hours. But then they waver. They can't stick to it more than a few days at a time. And we're not making fun of you, but listen, you're not fully obeying the scripture there. Sometimes the answer doesn't come overnight. Sometimes it's not instantaneous. Sometimes it is. Thank you, Jesus, for the times that we get an instantaneous miracle. I love it. It's awesome. But that doesn't happen 100% of the time. But the answer does always come. But sometimes you have to hold fast the confession of faith without wavering for more than just the the commercial break on TV. Lord, I'm going to confess my faith right now. But my show's coming back in three and a half minutes. So let's get on this. Come on. Here we go. I can in the name of Jesus mountain be removed. Oh, my show's back. Sorry, Jesus. That's not holding fast to confession of your faith without wavering. You know what I mean? Come on. Am I right? Sometimes you got to you got to fight it for a minute, man. You got to stick with it until you get it. And I know a lot of us, listen, we'll be all about the faith confession for a few minutes, but then we waver. And uh, it says right there, man, without wavering. I know this one lady I've worked with. She came up to me and was like, man, I tried that tithing stuff for like three weeks now and I'm still in debt. I'm like, what? Yeah, three weeks, three Sundays in a row I tithe and I am still in debt. And she told me her situation. She was... 50 grand in debt. I'm like, so you expect three weeks of tithing to overcome 30 years of terrible financial decisions? And some of us are like that. Like, I tried it. It don't work. I tried it. Yeah, you tried it for, you know, listen, you're going to have to hold fast without wavering, man. You got to give God. You got to listen. You got to stick to it. God isn't just a magic wand and like, you know, hey, I've done, you know, I've made all these terrible choices all these years, but poof, pow, it's gone. Listen. Sometimes you've got to stick with it. You've got to fight the good fight of faith. And sometimes it goes more than one round. Sometimes you're in it for a few rounds. But listen, you are guaranteed to win because it says that we always triumph in Christ Jesus. You will win. Your faith will not fail. But you do have to stick with it. You do have to stick with it. And a lot of times we don't stick with it. We say, I've been trying that in a year now. Listen. Brother Hagen, he talked about sometimes, man, there's some things that he he had to hold fast his confession for a full six months, full year, two years. He said there was one time he had to speak the word over something for 14 years straight, but the miracle finally happened. And some of us, we don't stick with it that long. And then we sit there and say this stuff doesn't work or I don't know about that. Hold fast without wavering. Without wavering, you got to stick with it. Let's look at James chapter one. James chapter one. Who's having the time of their lives tonight? 
I know I am. I know I am. James chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses 5 through 8 here. But listen, we talked on Sunday about being stable. God likes a stable person. God can do something for a stable person. But the problem is, a lot of us, we love the Lord. There's no doubt about that. But we're unstable in our faith. We're, we're unstable. But listen, you love the Lord. He loves you. But you're not going to get a lot done if you waver all the time, if you're unstable. We need some stable Christians in 2018. Am I right on that? So James chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 5 through 8. It says this. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. So if you need wisdom, ask God. He'll give it to you. You don't get to sit there and plead and beg and, oh, Lord, please give. Listen, ask him. He'll give you the wisdom you need. He gives to all men liberally. And look at this. Verse six, though, you got to get this. Verse six. But let him ask in faith. Nothing. There's that word again. Wavering. Same word as Hebrews 10, 23. Hold fast the confession of faith without wavering. It says, go ahead and ask God, but you got to have faith with nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Have you ever, I mean, you've, you've been to the sea, you've been to the ocean. I'm sorry, but the waves are a very unstable thing. They're up and down, in and out. They change all the time. You can't guarantee, you know, you can't guarantee anything by it, except that they're going to be unstable up and down, in and out. And a lot of Christians are just like that. They ask God, oh, Lord, thank you. I, I believe it in faith. Oh, wait, what if nothing happens? Lord, I thank you. And Lord, in Jesus name, this is going to happen. But uh, I don't I don't know, man. I, I tried this once. It didn't happen in the name of Jesus. We claim victory. But what if we lose it? Listen, you are wavering. You're wavering. And verse seven says, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, is a double minded man unstable in some of his ways? According to scripture, a double minded man's unstable in all of his ways. And so somebody that's unstable spiritually they're probably going to be unstable pretty much in every other area of their lives. They're going to probably be unstable with their job, with their family, with their, you know, whatever it is they're doing. They're going to be unstable because instability doesn't just stay in one section. You go to the ocean. Have you ever noticed the waves aren't perfectly stable right here? But if you scoot over two feet, man, these ones aren't moving at all. But look right here. No, the whole beach is unstable. Everything, the whole thing, it's unstable all around and that's how it is in your life when you're double minded. You're unstable in all of your ways. And that's not a fun position to be in. That's not a fun position to be in because it says right there, verse seven, don't that guy can't expect to receive anything from the Lord. That sounds a lot different than Mark 11, where it says, well, when you when you believe that you receive, ye shall have. So Mark 11 guarantees that if you're doing it in faith without wavering, that you guaranteed will get answers. And uh, here we are in James 1, and it says, I guarantee you, if you don't ask in faith, and wavering, you will not get answers. 
So there's a guaranteed way to get answers, and we've got a surefire way to not get any answers. When you ask, ask in faith with no wavering. For he that asks and doesn't believe, you don't think he's going to receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And I, I know all of us, man, we've got stuff in our life. Everybody has a battle that they're fighting right now, right? Are you alive? Are you breathing air? Then you've probably got a battle going on in your life in some area right now. And I know this much. You have got to hold fast the confession of faith without wavering. You cannot waver. And that's one of the hardest things because, you know, we, we live in a physical body, right? We're surrounded by we're surrounded by the circumstances most of the time. And so it's so easy for us to let our emotions and our physical circumstances call the shots. But you, if you're going to grow in the Lord spiritually, you've got to get to the place where you are letting your spirit be in control of who you are. Your spirit believes because you believe with your heart. But you've got to get to the place where your emotions aren't calling the shots all the time and, and, and your body and, and your physical circumstances aren't driving you into the ground. You have got to let your spirit be in control. Let me show you another verse here that um, you know this one. Galatians 6, 9. Let's flip there real quick. Galatians 6, 9. You have got to hold fast. Galatians 6, 9. But we absolutely, we can speak to the mountains in our life. And if we're doing it in faith, something's going to change. That mountain is going to move. It is going to be thrown into the sea. No doubt about it. But Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, it says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we might possibly reap if we faint not. Amen! Well, <laughs> we shall reap if we fa- Is that a typo? Uh, why do we act like that then? There's no, that's not a typo. And shall is a very concrete word. If I say, I shall do that tomorrow. I mean, you'd probably think, chill out, dude. Shall? <laughs> shall? We shall have salmon for dinner. We shall. I mean, that that's like, dude, you're being serious when you use the word. We don't use the we don't even use that word very often anymore. Shall, because we don't like to put guarantees on things. But I'm telling you, it says we shall reap if we faint not. That means take it to the bank. Go ahead, man. Just do it. Count on it. You can bank on it. You shall reap if you faint not. But the problem is. A lot of us faint. We faint. We give up. We grow weary. Man, I've been doing it for a whole year now. Man, two years now. And listen, it says due season's going to come. Well, when is due season? I wish I could tell you it was October 4th of 2018. I don't know when it is, man. God didn't put a physical date on it and say, go mark your calendars now, program that into your iPhone, and just bank on it. October. No, I don't know when it is but I do know that it exists. Due season does exist. It is real and it does come to those who faint not. The problem is a lot of us waver and we faint, we pass out and we get, ah, forget it, forget it. 
And due season was like right there, man. It was right around the corner, but we just gave up. And then we say, eh, this doesn't work. You know, I tried that stuff. It, it don't work. Really? Then how come it's worked thousands, mil- all these years for those that didn't waver and for those that didn't faint before due season came? It does work. It is true. God is not a liar. God is, his word is true, but we have to stick with it. And so God is faithful. And that's number three tonight. It says, hold fast the confession of faith without wavering. Number three, for he is faithful, that promise. Does anybody in here tonight think that God is faithful? I can tell you, man, God <laughs> is faithful. People have let me down. Different things have let me down. God has not one time ever let me down. You know, I saw something the other day that said, you've survived 100% of your worst days that you've ever had. That's true. I'm still here. You made it, man. You've made it through all of them. You're still, you're sitting here tonight breathing. You've made it. God is faithful. You're still here. Listen, and we need to know this, man. You need to quit focusing on all the bad that's going on in your life and start focusing on the good that's going on in your life. I think that's right. You may not agree with it, but I agree with that, man. I believe that way too many of us, we just focus on, well, this is wrong. I wish I wish I had that. Gosh, I could use this. Well, this isn't even here. Listen to me. Why don't you just shut up for a minute and start focusing on what you do have? I don't think it would hurt you. I don't think that would kill you. I think if you stopped there and said, you know what? Lord, thank you that I have this. Thank you that I have this. Lord, thank you if this is small, but I thank you that I even have that. Lord, thank you, Jesus, that I have that. If you would just start praising God, even in the midnight hour, what happened to Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16? The prison shook. God broke the chains. And they walked out a free man. Why? Because they prayed and they praised God and thanked Him even when they were beaten to a bloody pulp and they were locked up. They praised God. And guess what? God shook the whole situation and broke the chains. I'm just saying, I'm just going to leave that out there. You do what you want with it. But I think you'd probably be a lot better off if you would quit complaining and start praising God for a few minutes for what you do have. And your holy silence. Thank you. All right. Hebrews chapter 13. Let's do this. Hebrews chapter 13. Let's go there. He is faithful that promised. I am so thankful that I've got a faithful God. I'm so thankful that God isn't like us. I'm so thankful God's not like me. (laughs) I'm so thankful that God is 100% right. 100% on. I mean, he is. Oh, he's perfect. He's perfect, not a flaw in him. He is faithful that promised. So Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6, I'm going to, I'm going to grab the last part of verse 5 here. It says, For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Man, that's good. Man, if I didn't get anything else tonight, that was enough for me right there. I will never leave thee. I will never forsake you. He's not going to leave you. I mean, come on. 
lot of us, we've all left him at points, haven't we? We've all we've left him. I've been unfaithful to him at times. He never has been to me. Not once. He said, listen, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And I'm like, man, I don't deserve that. I don't. Why are you doing that? Why? What? Because he loves us that much, man. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Verse six, so that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So if you know the Lord will never leave you or forsake you, you can boldly say the Lord is my helper. I don't fear what man shall do unto me. I don't care. I'm not afraid of anything because the Lord is my helper. And God's on your side, man. If God's for you, who can be against you? doesn't matter who's against you if God is for you. You know, I think about uh, the Apostle John. He was the he lived the longest of any of the other 12 disciples. He was one of the only ones that didn't die a martyr. He died of natural causes and most of them were martyred for their faith. But it wasn't because nobody tried. See, John, when he was getting to be an older man, he was a real thorn in the side of the Roman government. And according to Christian tradition, Domitian, the, the emperor of Rome, he, he thought, it'd be, I mean, he hated Christianity. He hated them. And so he thought it would be an absolute joy and honor to kill the last living apostle of Jesus Christ, the last living of the 12 disciples. He thought it'd be great. And so I've even heard Rick Renner tell this story, who's one of the top Greek scholars in the entire world. He's a spirit-filled man. But anyway, Rick Renner, I got this story directly from him one time. He talked about they wanted to kill John. They wanted to do it publicly. So they got a vat of boiling. They're going to boil him alive in front of a crowd of people. And so they bring the old the old man out, probably in his 90s at this point. Old man. That's a long life for back then. Very long life for back then. So they bring him out They in chains. They've got an absolute vat of boiling oil. And they're getting ready to dip him into it and like boil him alive in front of everybody. Any last words, John? And he says, turn up the heat. What? So they toss the old man into the oil for a while. And they're thinking they're going to pull him out, burned to a crisp. They pull him out and he comes out waving at the emperor. Still here, still alive. They're like, what? What can we do with this guy? I don't know. What we're... So they're like, you know what? Just get him, get him out of my sight. They send him to an island called Patmos where hardly anybody lives. It's a place for the Pat. Nobody goes to Pat. They send him to Patmos where they thought, oh, just let him die out there. No one will ever hear from him again. While he's on this little island called Patmos, the Lord gives him this revelation that we know as the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible. And God gives John an absolute vision and revelation of, 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 of the end times, man, of, of so much of what we know. But listen to me. The devil thought he had John right where he wanted him. He thought, you know, you're done for, man. No, he is faithful that promised. Because just like we said Sunday, God has a way of taking what could have been this very situation to kill you. God has a way of turning that whole thing around 
for the biggest testimony of all time. God has a way of, of taking that bad situation around and saying, no, I get the last laugh. I'm going to use this situation right here and absolutely embarrass the devil forever messing with this guy right here. And God did that for John and God's going to do that for you. But what do you do? Hold fast the confession of faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. You can't waver. John didn't waver. He didn't say, oh, man, I, I've served you all these years and it finally goes down like it. No, he said, turn up the heat. Bring it on. I don't care. Do what you're going to do. I fought out. Don't care. And until you get that attitude, until you get that attitude of faith, listen to me. You've got to get that without wavering. You can't have it for three days of the week. Then the other four be an absolute wavering wave, doubting mess. No, you've got to be consistent without wavering. And why can we even be consistent? For he is faithful that promise. Why don't you say that with me tonight? He is faithful that promised. And so there's good news for you tonight. If you will hold fast to that confession without wavering, you've got a miracle that's getting ready to happen in your life. For He is faithful, that promised. Amen? Mark it down, Hebrews 10.23. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.